0: I think you have to work at your craft. You have to hang around people who are doing what you do better than you are doing it. And you have to emulate some of the things they are doing if it fits your model. I think being a professional speaker is such an interesting profession because we we spend so much of our time marketing ourselves.
1: Your marketing moment is about those significant events or moments in time that transform a career or business and how you too can create a marketing moment of your own. John Nee, President of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm, interviews business leaders about their marketing moments and covers significant marketing moments in history and their impact on how we do business today. Short and usually focused on a single event, your marketing moment takes just a moment of your day but can ultimately prove momentous for your own career or business.
2: I'm here today with Linda Cohen, also known as the Kindness Catalyst who has been a professional speaker and consultant for more than a decade. She works with businesses and associations on the ROI of kindness. Her first book, 1000 Mitzvahs, how small acts of kindness can heal, inspire and change your life published in 2011, inspired her Ted talk later that year and her appearance on NPR, ABC and Fox television. Her second book, The Economy of Kindness, How Kindness Transforms Your Bottom Line, was published in October 2011. Let's welcome Linda Cohen, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and our guest today. Linda, welcome to your marketing moment.
0: Thanks so much, John. Really happy to be here.
2: So let's dive right in. Tell us about your marketing moment.
0: So I had to think about that question, my marketing moment. I have been marketing myself for a decade. But I think for me, the pivotal change in my marketing was in the summer of 2017. I had already been speaking for quite a few years. And my husband had some health challenges. And we sat down together that summer and really looked at what my marketing strategies had been up until that point. And uh, we made some tweaks and some changes and that summer things started to shift. And uh, I will say that, you know, it takes a little while obviously, but in 2019 I was booked at the highest level that I had been up until that point. And 2020 was looking to be a record, year for me and also be on bigger stages and bigger audiences than I'd ever been on up until that point. And then we all know what happened in 2020. So things changed.
2: The pandemic hit Yes, and affected all of our lives. Yes. So was there something that you could point to during that transformation of your career, your business that you said was the, was the real difference between what you were doing beforehand and what you were doing then, what you chose to do then?
0: I think it was confidence. I mean, I, you know, started this business, I, ha- I have a degree in fundraising, I had gotten my education, my master's degree, I had promptly moved to Portland from the East Coast. And not too long after that, we started having children, and I chose to be a stay at home mom. So when my first book came out, I was a full time stay at home mom, eventually launching a speaking business out of that, you know, sometimes you lose your mojo a little bit on your own confidence, because you have not been paid for your time for, you know, quite a while. And so it really took me time. I I know that when I started this business there were male speakers who started at the exact same time as I did and jumped right in two feet, you know. They didn't have to worry about what they were charging or asking for what they were worth and I think for me it took me a little longer to do that and to, you know, grow my own confidence that what I was offering and sharing was valuable and and worth being paid for.
2: Was there a particular Event that you spoke at or a a contact that you made, which made the light bulb go on for you as to this is the, you know, this was the moment. This was the discussion. This was the, the event that really changed it for you.
0: I mean, there, I will say I joined the National Speakers Association soon after my, actually it was before my first book was, was, was published. So it was probably about 2009 or 10. And I was already learning what it meant to be a professional speaker and what it would mean to re- run a business like that. And I remember I got hired from a state association for a leadership conference kind of the summer after another big speaker in my organization had been hired. And so i that was probably one of the turning points. I don't remember what year that was, but... That was one of the turning points where I realized they reached out to me, they wanted me as their speaker and I'm following someone who I know has a lot of clout in my industry. And of course I reached out to, to ask him what he was, what he had been paid so that I could then okay. quote that pay, you know? The, that was probably power. one turning, turning point. Yeah. I did get hired to go to Canada. I remember I got hired to go to Canada pretty soon after my book had come out, my first book. And they wanted to pay me a nice sum of money and fly me up there. And I remember getting to that hotel and just feeling like, wow, have I finally made it? I'm actually, you know, getting paid to be up here and international speaker. So that, that was probably a little earlier on, but there were some moments along the way that that definitely felt like marketing moments.
2: So what skills would you attribute to putting yourself, your company, your, your personal brand in a spot that can take advantage of that, those marketing moments or, or create those marketing moments?
0: You know, I think you have to you have to work at your craft. You have to hang around people who are doing what you do better than you are doing it. And you have to emulate some of the things they are doing if it fits your model. I think being a professional speaker is such an interesting profession because we, we spend so much of our time marketing ourselves. I mean, really the amount of time we are on stage is probably 15% of our time and maybe 85% of our time we're marketing, at least in the beginning when you are growing your business and nobody knows who you are and your name is not recognizable And you don't have any industries you speak to. So I think, um, you know, getting yourself, getting your marketing materials up to speed, I think that was something that I invested in and I learned about. And I learned what I would need to have available to be able to share my content. And what were the, what were the pain points of my client that I could help solve? You know, what was the work that I was doing that could make a difference for them? And being able to use their language made a difference. Um, so having great marketing material, being able to find a system that works for you, getting a CRM—I mean, all—it's all about follow up. And when you're in sales and marketing, and following up in some, you know, consistent manner with the people that you know would be potentially good clients. So, you know, I looked at all of that, and I think that's what kind of shifted for me in 2017. I had already been doing that for several years, but it wasn't at the pace or the uh, clientele I think that I had hoped it would be by that
2: point. So. Well, some great examples in the showcasing the power of community, the association that you mentioned, uh, National Speakers Association, contacts, and, and, and all of that put together, probably not a single uh, silver bullet uh, solution to, to all of that, but in that mix with a little bit more intentionality focused on there, uh, maybe things started to started to fall into place and people started calling you. Right. Right. It wasn't you reaching out to them. People found you and they they sought you out to have you be at their event and to speak at their their events. Right.
0: And I would say low hanging fruit. I mean, if you speak in, in our industry, there are often state associations for every association and then there's a national level conference. So, you know, if you've spoken at two state associations for the same kind of an organization, you have 48 other states you can reach out to. You know, there's a lot of other places where your topic or your work might be relevant since you know it's it's interesting to other organizations like yours. So I think that right. became a, a good marketing tool as well is to look at who already has hired me and who already have been my clients and know that that's going to be a good place for me to look for other clients like them.
2: Right. So we've talked about the power of associations, power of community, the intentionality in which you focused your marketing. Would you have done anything differently?
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought about that. I mean, maybe I would have done things a little bit sooner, but you know, I'll be honest. I think in terms of authenticity, sometimes, you know, they say it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. I don't know. Somebody said that somewhere along the way. And I think you never see what people are doing on the back end behind as their business looks like it's growing and it's so successful. And for me, I think it took me the amount of time it did to Get to where I was to make sure I had my, you know, confidence underneath me, and knew that I had something very valuable to offer my clients when I would be speaking to them. So, I'm not sure I would have done anything different. I think it's been a, it's been a fun journey. It's been something that I'm really proud of, and, uh, you know, I think, I think just where I started it was might have been different than if I had been still in corporate America, you know, when my first book came out, and I would have been in a different place at that point. So,
2: yeah, that's well put. So two books, dozens of speaking engagements, appearances on national broadcast networks and and stations. What have you learned the last couple of years and what are you excited about?
0: I have learned that there is more kindness in the world than we realize. I mean, I realize it, but it's one of the things I really hope to implement or share with my, my audiences, my clients, because I think, unfortunately, that's not what the zeitgeist in the world feels like. It feels like we are all separate and we are all our own people. And you know, I don't want to bend at all for anybody. I feel like that's unfortunately what I think we see. And I know that that's not true because when I am with people, I, I see it, I hear it, I share it. Uh, I know what's happening out there. So that's one of the things that I've learned and love being able to be that catalyst for change, for other people to think about What they could do in their communities, in their families, in their houses of worship or wherever they are. Um, So that's one lesson. The other lesson I think I've learned is that it doesn't matter where we are. I've had some new clients um, internationally in some of the Asian countries. It's been a really amazing opportunity to work virtually. And, you know, I was really nervous because I didn't know much about some of the countries I was working with. So I had to do research. And I realized that, you know, food in the United States, when I talk often about kindness and recognition, food is always one that people talk about in terms of feeling recognized if their employers provide that. And, and I wasn't sure what I would get when I talked to some of the um, folks in the Asian countries and they said the exact same things. And so that was like, food is love and it's love around universal. the world. <laughs> so that was kind of exciting and fun. And you know, what's coming up for me next is is really getting some long-term retainer clients and being able to dive even more deeply into culture with these organizations. And I hope I'll be able to repeat that with several or dozens of organizations in the in the next part of my career, um, really helping them look at how to teach and train and what tools leadership can have to really be authentic and and work at the skills of being kind. I mean, years ago, people said, kindness is a weakness. And I was so sick of people saying that because I think that that is absolutely garbage. <laughs> so um, I think leaders who are authentic and kind can lead incredible organizations. And I have lots of case studies of that and, and how well they've done at, at leading their organizations.
2: Right. So obviously you've your work highlights the importance of kindness for our lives, for our personal lives, our relationships. The latest book is about how it relates to business and and the bottom line and the health and growth uh, of a business. Any takeaways in the last year since that book came out from business leaders with regard to some of the points that you make in that book?
0: Well, one of, so I have three R's about why I think kindness is important to your bottom line. It's the reputation of your organization. It's being able to recruit great talent and then retain them. And as we know right now, we're having huge staffing shortages and it doesn't matter what industry I'm talking to, everybody's struggling with having, you know, enough staff to run their organization. So when we think about our, people as the most important resource we have in our organizations and we treat them not the you know not as if we as the leadership team are the higher ups and they are the peons or whatever you want to call them and we really treat them as a partner in our organizations that can make a huge difference and so i feel like retention and recruitment have become so, so important in, in during the pandemic and how, and I think that that's why we've had, you know, the great resignation and people quiet quitting all the different terms that have come out because I think people want to be appreciated and they're going to leave their jobs if they're in an organization that has a toxic environment. So that's definitely what I think we've been seeing in the last couple of years.
2: Yeah. So that's a great example of kindness internally and how leaders can like you said, recruit and retain some great talent by being kind internally. How about externally? The public brand that a company has for its reputation—I guess it was the first R that you mentioned,
0: right? Um, and really, you know, there have been stories that have come out um, with businesses and organizations that don't behave in the kindest way, and you know, you may lose clientele, you may lose your um, your share of. You know, I have an example. It was pre COVID and, you know, I'm still a little leery to share anything pre COVID because the world has turned so topsy turvy since then. But, well, I'll just share it with you. So, when my daughter was up in college at Seattle, um, she was using Uber as one of the rideshare companies that she used. And um, they had some challenges with their CEO, who at the time was, this is probably 2017 or 18. He was asked to leave because he was not running the company that he had founded in a very kind way. And um, they brought in a new CEO at that time, and he really looked at the culture of the company and decided it was the most important thing was to uh, was to run a company with 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 culture and values that were important to other people who would use them. Well, I heard about that because my daughter was a college age student using Uber on a regular basis, and you know she's a you know a a kid who is on social media and would have shared that story, and so you know if that's your if that's your market share is college students and you suddenly get people who are leaving and are going to go to the other rideshare company that existed at the time, you know that might not be so great for your company. So you know, there are stories like that. I mean, we've heard of I'm sure you've heard of many stories in the right, news that come out. Right. When a company doesn't, you know, maybe isn't ethical or doesn't behave in the highest way. And, you know, in the old days, maybe you w- you wouldn't hear about it because it wouldn't get picked up. But with 24-7 news coverage, you know, you, you're likely to get some bad PR and, and maybe any PR is good PR. I don't know whatever that saying is, but I think ultimately that could not be so great for your company.
2: Well, any other lessons learned from the work you've done with with clients or the speaking engagements, the, the many emails and contacts I'm sure that you've received uh, in response to to these two profound works of business yeah. guidance and, and advice?
0: I would say that I get to be a reminder to people. I think this is not rocket science. This is not something that all of us don't inherently have, you know, maybe when we're born or when we start living our lives and something maybe tamps us down or we forget that it doesn't have to be a huge act of kindness. It could be something small. It could be something um, that's seemingly not even that important to us, but it's important to someone else at the moment. So I think that becomes what I remind people of is there and that we're all interconnected. You know, that random person you meet at the grocery store and you let them go in front of you. I had this happen to me, an older gentleman, you know, and he thanked me profusely and told the cashier that was the nicest thing that had happened to him today. You know, I don't know what kind of a day he was having. That didn't seem like it was a very big deal. But right now, as you meet people out and about, you know, there's so much... There's so much that people are carrying. There's so much trauma right now as we move through this, the end of this global pandemic and however long that will take. And so I think that, you know, a small act of kindness could really impact someone, whether it's your coworker, your person in your community, your family member really deeply at this moment. Um, So that might be something that I would share. And those are the stories that I have been, you know, so lucky to hear in an audience or afterwards as somebody tells me one of their own stories that they were too, you know, uncomfortable to share publicly or what have you.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a great reminder of the power of kindness. Your work has been uh, profoundly influencing many businesses and lives. So congratulations on your success and thank you for joining Your Marketing Moment.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Marketing Moment. This is a production of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm that helps companies elevate and transform their business. By knowing their market, telling their story, and living their brand. Be sure to visit our website, actonepartners.com forward slash your marketing moment. And subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts.